0: From the Lean Enterprise Institute in Boston, this is the WLEI podcast, where we share stories of people making the world better through lean thinking and practice. For more information about LEI, including how we can help you apply lean thinking, please visit www.lean.org. I'm Matt Savis, host of What's the Problem? a podcast where we talk about problems. LEI has learned that successful lean transformation begins with a problem to solve. So that's what we're here to talk about, problems, from defining them to solving them. Let's get started. Today, I am talking to Dr. Carlos Frederico Pinto, CEO of IOV, one of Brazil's top oncology clinics. In the podcast, I'll refer to him by his endearing nickname, Dr. Fred. There are a few more important problems to solve than the one Dr. Fred and IOV are tackling, reducing the cancer burden. Dr. Fred walks us through three stages of transformation at IOV in service to solving that problem. First, improving patient care flow and quality, then spreading a lean management system to enable growth, and finally developing leaders in preparation for succession. Dr. Fred is emblematic of a lean leader, full of curiosity, humility, and resiliency, traits undoubtedly earned through his long, hard struggle to reduce the cancer burden. LEI is fortunate to have Dr. Fred as a speaker at its Lean Summit next April in Carlsbad, California. To register, head over to lean.org slash summit 2020. Well, thanks for joining us on the podcast, Dr. Fred. I'd like to get started by asking why oncology? Why did you choose to pursue oncology as a profession? And I ask because it's a point of difference. Of course, I am not an oncologist, but I could also never be one. Uh, My sister is a nurse in pediatric oncology, and through interactions with her, I've learned that I decidedly do not have the right stuff for oncology. I don't have the resiliency. I do not have the optimism for that kind of hard, challenging work. Uh, So why? Why oncology? Why did you choose to pursue that?
1: Hi, Matt. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. And well, I agree with you. Uh, Oncology, nursing and pediatrics is is very challenging. But when I was in medical school, I really enjoyed to, to interact with patients and to take care of patients that had chronic conditions. And at that point, oncology was very challenging. There's a lot of science behind oncology as well, like new drugs, uh, mechanisms of actions of new drugs, and drug combinations, and, and uh, upfront new, new tests and genetic testings. Actually, when I'm, as I'm growing older, I'm not having the chance to, to participate on this new, new, very new stuff going on, because I'm spending most of my time now managing. But at that point, I was very interested in, in this kind of challenge. So that's how I, I jump it into oncology. And I, well, I, I, I really like it. I, I really
0: like it. So a mix of caring for patients and also cutting-edge science. So the mission that you and IOV have, as you've defined it, is, I think, um, well, not just me, but I would say the world would consider hugely important. You describe it as reducing the cancer burden. Um, what do you mean by that? Well, that, that's that's
1: the mission that we set up like more than 10 years ago, I think, almost 15 years ago. that said, well, everyone is touched by, the, by cancer. Everyone has a friend, a parent or a grandparent or like a cousin that is touched by cancer. And the c- cancer burden is heavy. I mean, uh, it has... Huge financial impact in, in, in families, it's huge finan- huge social impact in, in the, the way of living, and I mean it's a killing disease. People die of cancer. Cancer is the second most important uh, cause of death in most part of the developed world. So, reduce the cancer burden is a it's a it's a great challenge. I mean there are a lot of things that that we a lot of stuff we can do to reduce to fight cancer. By reducing its burden, sometimes it cannot cure cancer, but reduce burden is it's good enough.
0: You know, at some point along the way, in service to that, like you said, hugely important mission of reducing the cancer burden, you came across uh, lean thinking, and for whatever reason, it occurred to you that this could help solve this problem. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that aha moment when when it occurred to you that here's a way of thinking, here's a way of managing people and organization, to to solve this very hard problem of reducing the cancer burden?
1: Yeah, it was like ten years ago that we were involved in, in trying trying to improve our system. Uh, we uh, we work in an organization that it's it's also serving the Private uh, uh, healthcare system and the public healthcare system in Brazil, and we have different challenges. It's all challenging, but different challenges. And, and we were involved in trying to provide a good and, and high-quality care for our patients, for our customers, reduce the cancer burden independently, if you're a private or public care system. So at that point, we were facing a lot of challenges about. Uh, huge queues waiting like months to get access to cancer treatment. Uh, we had problems with quality of, of care provided to patient, disconnection of care to our patient. And we started thinking about, well, we need to improve quality. And the first move we did was move into a quality program. I mean, like certifying our practice to, to a quality system. But when we were working with that system, I figured out that the that, 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 that aha moment is that, well, I'm just doing paperwork. It sounds like I'm wasting my time here, and the waste and healthcare idea came to to pop up into in, in front of me, and then I, I, I waste in healthcare sounds like lean. So I got into the white paper from from IHI from 2005, uh, going lean healthcare. That it's a June's woman uh, white paper was involved at that point, and. That, that's when we started our journey.
0: So, you started off with entering or participating in some sort of quality certification, recognizing that, okay, um, it looks like I'm doing a little bit more paperwork than actually caring for patients. The cues are still yeah. there. The quality is not improved. And you come across uh, a white paper um, that describes the application of lean thinking to healthcare. And for whatever reason, that triggers you to think, okay, here's something a little bit different. Here's something yeah. that sounds more that, that that sounds closer to actually eliminating uh, the the burden associated with with um, with cancer. And serving patients uh, who are suffering from it. In our conversation, uh, actually just a few minutes ago, preparing for this uh, podcast here, you kind of walked me through a series of um, transformations that you led through your organization. And uh, you said it started with flow and quality. What does it mean when you say you started with flow and quality at IOV in service to this mission of reducing the cancer burden? What what does that mean for the patient? Flow and quality. Well, flow is about at
1: that point was just about reducing waiting time to get access to care, but we figured out that we could improve flow in different ways and in different there, there's. There are different flows in healthcare, and we started working to that. Uh, because mm-hmm. uh, waiting time always, uh, uh, the, a poor flow at the end also translates to poor quality, especially when you're talking about cancer. Waiting time is vital for treating cancer, for treating cancer with success. I mean, to being successful in treating so a patient, you, you you need to do it fast.
0: The highest success rates are with patients who, who find cancer early. gets excess faster yes faster. earlier so reducing yeah, uh, the wait time from from uh knowing a patient has cancer and treating it that's uh would you say that's the most critical thing in terms of uh providing uh a successful outcome for a patient yeah
1: it's it's one of the most important. I mean, mm-hmm. not the only important, but there are there are also other issues. But when when you when you think that you got cancer, you, you want to see a doctor immediately. Mm-hmm. And if you, you your your doctor say, oh, maybe it's cancer, you you want to do a, a biopsy or whatever as soon as you, you can. You want to find out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You need to figure out that fast. I mean, yeah. you're fighting for your life, and that's true life. most of the time. So And that's the burden of cancer as well. I mean, you're, you're, you're facing death. That's the real I- idea behind when people think about cancer is that they're facing death. It's not really true for most people now. But if you don't get access, it can turn out to be like, yeah, you, you, this, is, this can be a real... Really heavy burden to
0: to care. So part of that is on. not just uh, the the flow is not just about improving the success rate, but also relieving the the sh- the stress, the mental burden of yeah, you know, the mental a, a patient yeah, yeah. who thinks, oh my God, yeah, you know, yeah. I could have a real problem here. And the thought of having to wait to get access to care, you know, I can only imagine that that must be a sort of um, a, in some cases a debilitatingly stressful experience. So when you talk about you're tying flow and quality together. They they're sort of one and the same. Uh, if you can provide shorter lead times to patient care, that leads to better quality outcomes. Is is that yeah. what you're what Th- you're saying? That's
1: the that's the straight line about it. Yeah. So when when we when we we were talking about quality at that point and then we figured out that we were, we had to think about flow as well. And, and understand quality, flow, uh, capacity, and demand is understand about stability. So we just got into that that idea and started working. At that point, I just got uh, John Shook book, Learning to See, <laughs> and, and
0: well, let's try it. Let's do it. Okay, so you got a copy of Learning to See, and you yourself uh, led some value stream mapping exercises. Can you tell us specifically what, what was the before condition that you were faced with and what was the uh, future condition that you managed to achieve?
1: Yeah, like I had a, one 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 big issue for us was about breast cancer. Uh, if a patient got into the hospital with a lump, a breast lump, uh, it would have to go to a breast doctor and the breast doctor would ask for and we would like do a physical exam and ask for a mammogram and then an ultrasound and then come back and then ask for a biopsy. And we figure like, well, uh, it was in a public hospital where most women had to to come from uh, distant places, like 30 mm-hmm. to 60 miles away from the hospital, mm-hmm. driving like all night long or coming with a, with a public transportation, whatever. At that point, and it would take like two, almost three months to get into the, to, to real treatment, not just doing some exams and tests. Mm. And when we, when we figured out the way that, when, when we figured out the demand, and we figured out that, well, we have like 10 patients like this per week. So we can see 10 patients in a single day. Yes, we can. We can ask the, the breast doctor to see those those patients for us? Yes, we can. We can have mammograms, 10 mammograms for, for a day. Yes, we can. We can just do like uh, 10 biopsies in a day. No, we can't. But we, we, we didn't need 10 biopsies at that point. We, we actually needed five. So at that point, we created a, a continuous flow for, for, for breast uh, patients with breast lumps that we said, well, if you have a breast lump, come here on Mondays. Don't come on Tuesdays, nor Wednesday. just if you need a, a breast doctor, he will see you next Monday. And at that point, she would end the morning with the doctor, the mammogram done, uh, blood test done. And by the end of the day, she would have also a breast biopsy. So that's improving flow. So that, that's what we're talking about flow.
0: Previously, that patient may have had to make multiple trips across multiple trips, however yeah. many miles uh, yeah. just to get to the the clinic to yeah. have those tests done. Now, uh, that patient could go in and one day receive all of the necessary procedures that were required to make a, a diagnosis and not have to worry about waiting. Many months or making multiple trips. Um, so, uh, uh, is there is there a is there a particular patient that comes to mind when you think about the impact that had on the quality of the the patient experience?
1: Yeah, I have a lot of lot of patients. I say, well, that was most of them got terrified in the, early in the morning and say, well, why 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 they are taking care. Of-? so fast, uh, maybe I'm dying of cancer. <laughs> the, 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 the first time they, they figure, oh, maybe I'm dying. And then we have to figure out ways to tell them, no, we're not dying. We're just trying to make it faster for you. So you don't have to come and go all the time. But uh, we made a lot of difference for for patients that were younger. Because mm. we know that breast cancer in younger women uh, is more aggressive. Mm more challenging to treat so we made it faster we made it like uh uh earlier and we we, we I, I remember at least a few patients that we were able to to uh avoid a mastectomy so mm. it's it's really worthwhile it's it's it's, it's great life-changing
0: yeah. life, life sa- life-saving or life-changing uh yeah. experience for those for those patients um so in terms of the, the number of patients you're able you were able to treat, I mean, roughly. Do you do you know you were able to go from so many patients treated before this transformation to? It, it sounds like you you must have been able to treat more patients after yeah. that. So that the 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 breast
1: cancer challenge was one different challenge from the rest of what we were doing because uh, we when we started doing it, it was like a. Uh, an overgrowing problem. I mean, we figured out that, well, we have a flow problem, we have to improve it. So let's improve it again and improve it again. And we were, we, like, we, from, from certain uh, flows, we had like three different value streams in a year for the same problem because we were improving all the time. And in some ways and some patient flows, we were able to must almost, almost no, more than double the capacity that we were mm-hmm. offering care with the same resources, actually with the same uh, uh, facility, the same amount of people working there, the same amount of doctors. We figured out some ways to make doctor's appointment more efficient and to create a a, a really uh, value-added appointment for, for doctors. And then and so we were more able to provide appointments because patients from time to time patients get into a doctor and the just the blood test that was most important was not ready mm. or just the, the biopsy was not ready. Oh no, you had to come here after you got your mammogram, not before, because the appointments were not connected. And And some patients were coming from other cities, and they had problems with their own agendas out there. So the scheduling there was not uh, planned with our scheduling, and we figured out ways to plan a comprehensive scheduling system for our patients that almost doubled our capacity.
0: Well, planning planning around the patient rather than planning around yeah yeah yeah. not planning around the schedule of doctors doctors. yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. that's one part of or one piece of the transformation that IOV has gone through. Another piece that uh, we spoke about was this, p- was this piece about growing. And so IOV uh, doubled in size over the course of one day, going from three facilities to six through a, was it a merger or were you acquired or? Yeah,
1: it was a mix of both. It was like an overnight change. Hmm. I woke up in a, one morning and we just doubled, because hmm. actually it was not one morning we doubled. I mean, I mean but we we uh, we we merged it with three other facilities, and it took us like uh, more than a year to 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 make an agreement, and one day to <laughs> to move forward. <laughs>
0: yeah yeah once once yeah, it's, it's like, ready just flip the switch and uh, yeah it's yeah cool just time. switch yeah. it and
1: it's gone yeah. yeah so at that point we were doing like some good work with our with our with our practices but uh, we had to make it work with the the new side of our organization and it was a real challenge i mean i had to to take my leaders and people that i that i i've been working for a while and move them to a new facility and figure out a way to make it work there i mean oh, we are doing some lean here so let's do some here some lean with you too and but it's not it's not just just copy and paste so we had we had to learn a lot and at that point we had a, we started to struggling with with our growing problem
0: and and we there was another shift um, so first there was the the shift to, to patient focused scheduling flow and quality and then a second shift moving from a vertically driven organization to a horizontally driven organization and i I was struck by uh, an interview by one of the value stream managers at IOV who she said um, you know she had worked in, in a vertically driven healthcare organization for 21 years and experienced the transition to, to horizontally driven, and she she described it as a remarkable achievement. And um, you know what what is what is remarkable about that? What value did that deliver to patients in service to this this larger objective of reducing cancer burden, moving from vertically driven to horizontally driven?
1: So, when when we were in this growing uh, challenge we we had to, grow, to to deal with a lot of new silos and at that point we figured out oh, I, we, we cannot deal it with the with the same way we don't know how to do it we have to learn about it and so I asked for help from from a close friend now from Flavio from the theing Institute of Brazil and he came to work with us for a few months to to help us make a transition but uh, idea behind that is that well we, we all are looking for the patient needs and the cancer burden, so we need to just figure out how to solve patient's problem and, and think about the flow about patients. So we move uh, the, the manager of pharmacy, the operational manager, the manager of nurses, the doctor leader into one figure that is the flow manager. And the flow manager had to struggle with the leaders of other areas. And they, they keep, kept struggling all the time. Actually, it's very challenging. And they keep struggling uh, up to these days. But they are now, now understand that this struggle is about the patient's flow and has nothing to do about uh, power or leader or who is on command or whatever. It's not about. It's just about patient. It's, it's to see the patient flow, what we, say, we used to say here, from door to door mm. all the time. And, and understand what's better and what's the easiest and safer way to make it work.
0: Mm. So uh, a patient over the course of of his or her treatment experiences a series of different uh, functional silos and uh, thinking about how to not organize the organization around those functional silos, but around the actual patient experience. And introducing a value stream manager who... Are you saying that that person is responsible for coordinating those respective functions so that they're delivering a, 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 a high-quality uh, patient yeah. experience?
1: This person is, is responsible even for, for the cleaning of our of our facilities, for the food we serve, for the reception desk, for the coffee, for whatever. I mean, she's looking for that. I mean, the, the problem she, she has to, to look after is, is the patient – uh getting the quality we are uh, uh saying that we can provide for him and and at that point it's safe uh how can we improve that and we also created several f- uh trans functional themes to solve problems so we, we 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 teach it and learn it about working together in from different functions Looking for different perspectives of a single problem, and that was the—I think—that was the most the most challenging and the really breakout about it.
0: Well, yeah, let's let's maybe dig in a little bit to to some of the challenges of that. I mean, where did you experience failure along this transition from vertical to horizontal, and and what did you what did the organization learn from that? We we well we we fail all the time so that's
1: that's (laughs) one (laughs) reason. Fortunately, we are not failing with the patient safety. So that's that's the real issue. I mean, we we are not we're we're providing safe care and good quality care, but we fail all the time. And we our fails are far from the patient. And we create a system that it's safe enough that we can provide safe care, but not perfect. System, but some failures were very, very uh, un- unpredicted for us. I mean, we, we were working with well, like uh, daily management in one organization, and the ones that that we were used to, and then we double sized it. Say, well, let's do some some daily management here because uh, we are working with this for a few time, and maybe we can just introduce, and it was a real failure because <laughs> so- they were. They were not used The new the new facilities that we, we acquired, they were not used with the with the daily management, with the idea behind daily management. And we started to doing that. We started to fight during the huddles, so <laughs> it was so, a real failure. So, so we had to draw back and re, re reframe everything and think about it. Why don't you think they
0: were they were ready for that?
1: It's about culture. It's about understanding to see problems and talk about problems
0: and, and not pointing fingers on problems. <laughs> so what, what is intended to be a conversation around how to solve problems that have arisen over the course of of, of the day or previous day turned into finger-pointing and, and fighting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And how, a, it, it, am I correct to say that that, that organization is now successfully mm-hmm. They've oh, successfully they're doing quite fine mm-hmm. yeah yeah, they're doing quite fine
1: i mean they're doing huddles everywhere and all the time i mean it was very naive to, to figure out that we could just plug and play something there. <laughs> but mm. we tried
0: and what do you think happened along their learning journey that allowed them to go from finger pointing to problem solving
1: well thinking about problem solving first Mm-hmm. and and had the chance to go on on problem solving uh, smoother and and it has a lot of to do with the leadership behavior so at that point we we got into another challenge that was understand how to to develop our leadership
0: yeah so um You have uh, expanded quite a bit of your efforts. You're a busy guy, Dr. Fred. We talked about this. You're you're busy traveling all over the place. IOV having become such an example. Others are visiting with some frequency to learn uh, from what you and the team has done. And you also have uh, expanded um, what you're doing beyond the walls of IOV to include... Uh, other hospitals uh, around Brazil, and so we talked about, you know, your your realization that Iov cannot be dependent on you; it needs For to sure. be able to to work uh, with without you there. And so, yeah, can you tell us a bit about that last piece of uh, that last big problem, leadership behavior? and how you have worked to build capability beyond yourself
1: so when when we when we had that that when we struggled with the the huddles in the new facilities we we got we figured out that the problem was the leadership not just about doing something it's, it's about leadership behavior if you have like a a, a Punitive behavior—you will have like mm. people pointing fingers. So we had to change the way leaders behave before changing the, the, the whole system. And we started to work on our leadership. I mean, I, we, uh, and at that point, I had the, the clear uh, vision that I would not be here uh, forever, and I want I want I of emission to be fulfilled longer than than I can there so we started to work with the leaders of our organization and we created like a, a training system for leadership uh with with uh leaders uh, coaches and trainees and and doing doing stuff all the time on gamba no 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 classroom no powerpoints just gamba training on leadership and and then we started to do the, the same stuff with other organizations uh, that we work with. Uh, we have some, like being the public system here in, in Brazil, we have contact with a lot of public hospitals and public facilities, and they ask it for help. So we started working together to to develop the these content with them, and and we've been doing it like for three years now.
0: Well, um, that's uh, another important piece to this so in in reducing the cancer burden that that great mission you're now working more closely with the lean institute brazil which is a member of lean global network an affiliate institute with uh, lean enterprise institute here in boston shares the same mission as lei to spread lean thinking and practice in brazil and you've you've been donating your time uh, to help hospitals uh, do what IOV has managed to do, which is to improve the quality of care they deliver to patients and the number of patients that, that they can treat. Are you encountering challenges that you did not face at IOV in that experience? Well,
1: in different uh, conditions and different sources of problems, yes. But from the people's side, I think it's all the same. Uh, I mean, we, we are now working with a 400-bed hospital. That is a big, huge emergency. They see like uh, 20,000 patients a month from the emergency department. Oh my God. And, and they, we've been working with them like three years now. And they've been improving a lot. A lot of their flow and the quality they're providing to their patients. They're saving a lot of lives. Uh, but from, from the organization side, size, bigger issues, uh, a com- more complex system, bigger problems, well, just about size. But from the people's size, It's exactly the same behavior, it's exactly the same understanding about, and and what we figured out at this point is that they're doing quite well because they move it the way, they change it the way they understand problems and think about problems. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm working with another hospital that is a smaller hospital, but a huge emergency as well. They see like 23,000 patients on emergency department that month, and, and they're facing the same challenges. They're facing uh, uh, leadership behavior challenges. They're doing quite well. They're doing like some huddles, some training, some value stream mapping. But they are always, uh, the, the wall they hit is leadership behavior. So I think that we're, we're now spending a lot of time thinking about how to, how to make better leaders more prepared to, to deal with with the failure of the system with personal failure with with trying to try and and understand that failure is will happen most of the time i mean we don't want to fail with patience but we will fail in the system and we have to learn on this
0: so failure not as an opportunity to to blame somebody but as an opportunity to learn something to learn
1: yeah yeah to learn and 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 this behavior is that it's what we need, because uh, we 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 got into discussions and we we go to Gamba and like assistant nurse is telling, oh, we got this problem. And no, we don't have this problem here, and she's saying that she has the problem. Mm. <laughs> so, so the it's about the behavior. It's not about it's not about the the, the problem. I mean,
0: did so you ever, did you ever early in in your journey, did you ever think to yourself that? Um, your behavior needed to change with respect to that or have you yes. always naturally been seeing opportunities uh, you know, problems as, as opportunities for learn or did you yourself have to undergo uh, you know, reflection and change
1: well maybe you're driving me back to the first question you, you asked me why i am a medical oncologist <laughs> cuz we are we are very used to fail i mean oncology is a specialty that we lose patients and, and lives and, and we are very uh i mean resilient to that we need to understand that we we we're talking about uh, reducing the cancer burden but we cannot save everyone so we have to con- to to be resilient with with failure uh, i had to learn about that being a resilient doctor on failing with some patients and, and not, not it's not my fail it's about the disease, but being a leader and, and understand that people will fail from time to time because they cannot be perfect all the time and have an appropriate behavior on that failure is something that I had to learn and, and it took me a long time to... to actually, I, I'm still learning. It took me a time to understand, but now I'm, I can understand. But I'm still failing. <laughs>
0: mm. So the, the the nature of the job, and um, it, it you're saying the job breeds in you a resiliency. Um, yeah, with, with failure, and so. Um, but your reaction to it has not always been the same, and so. No, I've
1: learned a lot about how to re- react.
0: Hmm. Mm.
1: And that's interesting because we we when you're you're an oncologist, you have to have a, a clear understanding about what the goals about what the treatment you're offering. And from patient to patient, I mean, well, I, maybe I cannot cure you, but I can make you live longer enough to see your daughter have a, a child or get married or graduate. So you you set up. Point in time, like a a goal, and it's it's a way to reduce the the cancer burden and to manage failure in a different way. So that's about the learning that that I I, I bring with me from being an oncology a cancer doctor.
0: I can't think of anything more important than that, and um, you know, very thankful that there are people like you out in the world, Doctor Fred, who are. Um, you know, helping people who are suffering, um, as, you, as you say, reduce that burden. And so thanks, Dr. Fred, for, for joining me here on the podcast. It's been great.
1: Oh, thank you as well. It was my pleasure. Great to, to talk to you, man.
0: Thanks to Dr. Fred for speaking with me today. Always a humbling experience. Another thanks to Emma Ripp and Lori Moniz, the producers of WLEI, and thanks to you for listening. If you have a problem that you're tackling and that you'd like to share, send us an email at pod at lean.org.